Welcome to another inspirational message from the chapel. We pray this message encourages and inspires you. If you would like any more information, check out our website, thechapelcollective.com.au. Heavenly Father, thank you. Thank you for your presence here. Wherever we're gathering today, you are here with us. And so God, we thank you for your presence. I pray that would be, Lord, tangibly sensed in the rooms where people are, that you are there in the midst of their gathering. And and I pray you'd take these words and cause them to have effect beyond, Lord, um, hearing, to reach deep into people's hearts and minds, to do a good work in their spirit. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Faith over fear. Uh, Here's a question. Would you say you live more from a place of faith or from fear, just normally in the rhythm of your everyday life? Do you live more from a place of, you know, fear and uh, faith, and I mean informed faith, or a place of fear right now in your life? Is there an area of tension where, you know, fear or forces would, would come against a faith that God would like us to live with. And, and maybe today, it seems like fear is not really an issue for you. Maybe it's just not that big a deal in your mind. And, and I, I want to ask you this question. Where are you vulnerable to living in fear? I don't feel like fear is a massive issue in my own life, but I can tell you there are, there are areas where I'm vulnerable. Say my kids, I'm tempted to live with fear. I'm tempted to try and control everything rather than live with faith. Um, and, and even around uh, Christian people who, you know, uh, may be making poor decisions in their life that I know are going to show up maybe in the immediate future or maybe life improves in the immediate future. But in the medium term and the longer term, I know those decisions are going to be detrimental to their, to their faith, to their future, to their family. And, you know, I'm, for me, that, that's an area where I'm vulnerable to fear. Where is it for you? Because I believe, and actually the Bible teaches that God wants us to bring faith to that. He wants us to bring faith to circumstances. Like right now, you know, apart from the, uh, the coronavirus, the other big challenge it's bringing with us is the economic fallout. But my prayer right now is simply this. I'm praying for unusual favor on every person who's putting God first in their life and their finance, every business who lives with a God first mindset. I'm praying absolutely for unusual favor to be upon them, that God would bring contracts their way that maybe they didn't get before. The people, when people are being laid off, that they would be the people who maybe keep the hours. They, they keep their full-time job, or even if it's contracted, it's obvious that favor's upon them. And as while I'm in that space, I should say to all of us who are employees, who are followers of Jesus, if that's you today, let me encourage all of us, let's be in this season, let's be the best employees we can be, let's go over and above for our employers, let's be the kind of people that do what the Bible says. You know, the Bible says that we should serve earthly employers the way we serve God. In fact, as we serve them, we are in fact serving God. So just encourage you around that. This is a time not to Go home at the minute that time finishes, but to just go the extra mile. What a powerful, that'll be way more powerful than some of the Bible verses people might tend to quote at people and then do nothing with it. Let's be those kinds of people. But back to faith. I think God wants us to live with faith or over fear. He absolutely does. Uh, My hope today is this, no matter where we're at, no matter how big or no matter how small um, the, the challenge to fear is in our life, that there would be fear shrinking and faith rising going on in you and going on in me, that that would be fear shrinking and faith rising. And and the reason I say it that way is that 
Faith doesn't need um, faith doesn't need fear to be absent to win. Faith just needs to overcome the fear that is present. It's okay to feel fear. Uh, what what we're called to is to overcome that fear with faith. And so I want to talk with you for a few minutes about that today. Faith rising. Faith rising that in the way that should show up and will show up in the way that we think. A faith rising that will show up in the way that we speak and communicate, the way we walk into a room. Faith rising that would navigate well the workplace and all the changing conditions. A faith rising that, that, that just is going to trust God in everything. A faith rising that is going to step into today the way that God would want us to. And then a faith rising that would step into the future that God is setting out before us, that kind of faith. I want to talk about faith because we know what fear does. We know that, that fear paralyzes people. We know that fear causes us to make poor decisions. We know that fear is an enemy to our God-given faith. We know that fear str- shrinks our spirit and fear would limit our lives. Fear would cause us to come up with bad decisions. And, and, and for the Christian, fear robs us of God-promised peace. Fear robs us of the God-given promises and fear robs us of our God-appointed future. Well, let's be those who come with faith and bring faith to the table as it relates to our life. Faith conquers fear. Faith makes better decisions. Faith lives without regrets. Faith positions us for breakthrough and faith has a God-appointed future. So, you know, when we live with faith, the Bible says that God loves that. He loves the human response of faith to Him to trust Him and live for God. So with faith-based decisions, they become pivotal, they become powerful, they become transformative, and they become cause-defining in our lives. And step by step, every time we take the next significant step, if we take the next step by fear, it's leading somewhere. And if we take the next step by faith, it's leading somewhere. And when we start to put steps of faith together over time, it's incredible where those steps of faith cause our life to go. So let me take you to a people. And this group of people started out in faith. Then they sort of self-implode into fear. And then let's see what happens next. We're going to pick up in Nehemiah chapter 2 and and verse 17. It says this. Things haven't been going their way and that's about to shift. Verse 17, Nehemiah chapter 2. Nehemiah says to them, You see the trouble we're in and that Jerusalem lies in ruins and its gates have been burned with fire. Come, let us rebuild the wall of Jerusalem and we will no longer be in disgrace. I told them about the gracious hand of my God on me and the kings and what the king had said to me. And they replied, or then they replied, let us start rebuilding. So they began this good work. I love this little conversation. I would love if you could, if you could transport yourself to moments of history, I would love to transport to this little moment in time because Nehemiah is telling them, hey, this is what God's done and this is how the king favoured me and, and I reckon God, God's going to do something here if we'll just turn up in this space and there's a fire in their belly and there's a, a dream and sense of destiny in their heart and they're full of faith and they rise to it. Now, I want to take you just a few weeks later, less than a month, historians say, later, in the story, Nehemiah chapter four from verse one, we're going to build, uh, pick up. We're going to read some verses and then we're going to cut down to verse eight. When Sanballat heard that we were rebuilding the wall, he became angry and greatly incensed. Some people just have an agenda. 
He ridiculed the Jews and in the presence of his associates and the armies of Samaria, he said, what are these feeble Jews doing? Will they restore their wall? Will they offer sacrifices? Will they finish in a day? Can they bring the stones back to life from those heaps of rubble? Burned as they are. Um, Tobiah, the Ammonite, was at his side and he said, what are they building? Even if a fox climbs up on it, it would break down the walls of stone. Just starts to create questions in the minds of those who would come full of faith. Down to verse eight, they all plotted together to come and fight against Jerusalem and to stir up trouble against us. But we prayed to our God and we posted a guard and it goes on and it talks about that. And then we go down to uh, verse 11, I think it is. Meanwhile, the people in Judah said, the strength of the laborers is giving out and there is so much rubble, we cannot rebuild the wall. Hang on, just a month ago, they're saying, we're gonna build the wall, God's in this, the king's favored us, we're up for it, Nehemiah. Now they're going, hey, the strength of the laborers is giving out and there is so much rubble that we cannot rebuild the wall. Also, our enemies said, when did they start listening to their enemies? Before they know it or see us, we will be right there among them and, they will, and, we, and, and we'll kill them and put an end to the work. My question is simply this, what on earth happened in roughly 26 days? What went down that they went from faith into fear that's saying, ah, we can't get this done? A massive change had happened. Uh, imagine you'd been there only on two days of this account. Imagine you'd been there on day one when they gather with Nehemiah and they're like all in. And imagine the next time you turn up to see what's going on is day, we think 26, where they're in their, their huddle and saying, mate, we're done, we're out, they're, our enemies are too great, the work's too extensive, we're exhausted, everybody's whispering about us, there's all sorts of commentary going on. Imagine that, imagine you turned up the next time you turned up was day 26 when forces were coming against them and, and when fear was rising in them. And so that's the scenario and that happens to us in our lives. Fear shifted everything, fear shrunk them and fear threatened their future. The battle of faith versus fear was very real in this moment. You can hear the fear, you can hear the overwhelmness, you get a sense of, of their hope sinking fast. And life, the forces that would come against us, natural and spiritual, and the fear that potentially would rise in us uh, looks to work the same way in our lives, but there is a faith the Bible talks about. There is an informed faith the Bible talks about that changes everything. And so they're in the place in between, shifted from the way it was into this unknown place, this unexpected unknown zone, and they've got present tension and they've got an uncertain future. And, 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 and they decide that that's the place to choose fear, not faith. And that is a very place where we're to put aside fear and let faith be forged. When we're not where we once were, when we're in the unknown, the in-between, this uncertain zone where there's present tension and an unknown future, that's not the place to quit with fear or with forces against us. That's the very place the Bible says that faith should rise in us. Well-informed faith in God that says, you know what? I'm not worried what else is coming. I'm gonna make my stand on who God is, on what God says, all he's promised and all he's called me to, and I'm gonna move forward in Jesus' name. And so the first thing we see in this passage of scripture is this we see that faith has a filter. Number one, faith has a filter. 
And so they talk, they gave us just in what we read, they, they give us their filter. Oh, there's enemies against us. There's forces working against us. Our energy levels are low. There's rubble everywhere. And they give us their new filter and, and they're, they're looking through their filter and faith is dissipating and fear is rising. And it's an unhelpful filter to their lives. I wonder what your, your filter is in taking in all that's going on in your life. I was thinking about Bron and how, um, I think it might be three years ago now, I'm not sure. Um, we, were, we had a big plan in place. We're about to go overseas and, and do a lot of work with eye openers. And, and two days before we were due to go, Bron got a cancer um, report that actually said she might not live. And it was so urgent that the specialist said, whatever you're doing now stops, cancel everything. You need to come to Sydney. We need to, we need to explore this fully. And, and what amazed me at that time is Bron in her gap, not where it had once been, uncertain about where this ends, tension in the present moment. Bron's response was one full of faith. Her trust was in God, that God's a healer, but if God didn't heal her, God's her, the one who has prepared eternity for her and that, that he's got this regardless, that he had our children, that he had me, who knows why she was even thinking about me, but she had all those things and gone, now God's got this. And, and in that moment where, where fear would overwhelm, she stirred a heart and faith rose. I wonder what's going on for you right now. What's your filter? Uh, it, it, you know, maybe four or five months ago, you just had incredible plans on the table. You know, I don't know, you're, you're building a house and, and, uh, or you're building your next house in your portfolio and everything's going well. In fact, if we're honest about it, your job was so secure. You didn't give a thought to God. You're so comfortable. This job's going to last forever. You know, even jobs that were jobs that nobody wanted are now jobs that are precious or nobody can get. And, and everything has shifted dramatically in some places. And I wonder as things have shifted from the comfortable place to where we currently are, I wonder what, what's going on for you. Is, is, is fear risen? Are the forces having an effect on you? Or is faith rising? So there's all these filters. There's this story in the Bible, or this account, I don't like the word story. There's this account in the Bible of Peter and Jesus. And, and in it, Peter, uh, Jesus tells Peter that, that he's about to go to his death. And Peter stops Jesus. Sometimes I feel so much like Peter and not so much like Jesus. And Peter stops Jesus and says, Jesus, you don't need to die. You don't need to go to the, the death you're talking about. No, no, I've got this. And he, and he says to Jesus, no, that's not a good plan. You know, I'm gonna fight for you, et cetera, et cetera. And, and Jesus turns to him in what seems like a very harsh statement and says, get behind me, Satan. You have in mind, listen to what he says next. You have in mind the things of men, not the thoughts of God. It's very important in terms of the filter that we come to scenarios we're faced with. He says, Peter, it seems harsh at first, like uh, Jesus, Peter's trying to help you. Can you see that? Even if he's wrong, it's because he cares. But Jesus doesn't, Jesus says, this is so unhelpful. You're like an enemy to me right now because you're thinking with a natural mind not the thoughts of God. See, Peter's filter was natural and Jesus needed a filter that had faith, informed faith in God. 
In fact, Peter's natural filter, if Jesus had listened to it, not only would have kept Jesus from the eternal plan, Peter wasn't even going to keep his word. He was going to back out in a way he said he wouldn't. And, and what's interesting about that is so much of what we would put our trust in really doesn't have the power to deliver when things shift and change. And so a filter, I wonder what you're looking at right now, whether whatever it is, your job situation, your financial position, your family, your future, your marriage, who knows? I wonder if you're bringing a natural filter to it because that's what Nehemiah and those with him did. They just started to look, or Nehemiah didn't, they did. Started to look with a natural filter. And Nehemiah steps in and says, no, we're gonna look at this differently. Number one, number one is what's the filter you're going to live with? What, what are you gonna to bring to it? And then number two, we hear the words of Nehemiah uh, and, and faith has a filter, number one. And number two, faith turns up with fight or faith has fight. And this is really important with a couple of minutes left to talk. Faith has fight. At the end of it, verse 13, um, Nehemiah says this, therefore hearing all of this stuff, you know, all this noise, some of it very real, but never the whole picture. Therefore I stationed some of the people behind the lowest points of the wall and the exposed places, posting them by family with their swords, spears and bows. After I looked things over, I stood up and I said to the nobles, the officials and the rest of the people, listen to what he says against what we've read. Don't be afraid of them. Remember the Lord who is great and awesome and fight for your families, your sons, your daughters, your wives, your homes. Nehemiah stands up against all the information that's in front of him now. And he says, hey, your faith needs some fight. And I just wanna rally all of our hearts today. Sometimes what our faith needs is just to have some fight in it. You know, it just needs some fight. Can I be honest with you? We live in such a country that's so comfortable. I think that as a people, generally speaking, we lack fight. And you know, sometimes faith is gonna need fight. And sometimes our fight is going to need faith. And, and, and we need that going on. Nehemiah rallies their heart and then he points them to the work. They're saying, we're exhausted, we're tired, our enemies are too great, our lives are at risk, it's all not working, the rubble's too much. Oh, Nehemiah, let's go home. And he says, no, no, remember the Lord. Remember God. Remember God and that should change everything. We could complicate this with a thousand reasons why. We could complicate this with all the promises of God. We could complicate this with all kinds of things that really help us. But bottom line is, it, is this, are you remembering the Lord? in your circumstances that you find yourself now? Are you remembering the Lord? Are you remembering your God who is willing, who is able, who is at work? And so he says, hey, fight for. Remember to fight for. And he, he notes what they're fighting for. And that's the first thing he stirs their faith with. It's your families, it's your wives, it's your children, it's your households, it's your future. Hey, fight for that. But more than that is the fight that is in them, that, that, that their faith has fight in it. Oh, that your faith, you would resolve today, that I would resolve today, that my faith is gonna have some fight in it when it's put under tension. That in this present season, my faith is gonna have some fight in it. We're not stepping back. We're not walking away. We're not gonna step away from the promises and purposes of God. We're gonna step into them. We're gonna stand like never before. We're gonna take our stand. We're gonna move forward in his promises and that's it for us. I don't know about your household. As for my household, we wanna make our stand. Firm in God, faith with fight, a filter that sees him in the picture and a fight in our spirit that's full of faith. Hey, let's be those who would continue to walk through life, continue to move in these days 
with a faith-filled filter and with a faith full of fight. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you. Hey again, thanks so much for joining us on this podcast. Whether you are new and exploring your faith or a follower of Jesus, there's a next step for you. There is always room to grow, more to be done, destiny to be pursued and people to be reached. So what's your next step? To find out, head over to thechapelcollective.com.au And thanks again for listening.